Well, welcome to our second part of our Double Shot Thursday here at Raven's Heart. And, you know, I wanted to wax eloquently and theologically just a few minutes ago, but I'm going to make it really, really simple. The world is a hot mess. It's dark, it's confusing, and it's getting darker and more confusing by the day and by the hour. And because the world is such a hot mess, I'm just going to keep it real simple like that instead of getting all King James on it. Those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus need the heart of David, where he cried out, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Right now, we're in the midst of a great battle. And this battle is not a battle of flesh and blood. It's not a human battle. It can't be won with human weapons or human ideology. It is a battle between entities and powers that have rebelled against God and entities and powers that worship and obey God. So we're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to go back into kind of what we started with Dr. Heiser a few weeks ago into the unseen realm. We're going to talk about the war that's there. And who better to do that with me is El Victoria and Braden from Warriors of Light. Not only can they melt your face off with their music, their music makes, makes the gates of hell trump, tremble. So stick around as we talk about some principles of spiritual warfare. Well, welcome, Laura and Braden. Welcome back to Raven's Heart. It is so good to see you. Yes. The last time I saw you was about a month ago, and you were rocking on the stage at Get Revelation Rock Fest. And before we get in, we've got a comment from Tiffany McGinnis Sheldon. Woo, I love me some Warriors of Right. Hey, Tiffany. Hey, Hi, Glenn. <laughs> hey, welcome to all of our viewers on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, as well as Twitch. And hey, if you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube Live, go ahead and hit that little button to subscribe because you know what that's going to do is that's going to help get this message out and it's going to help support artists like El Victoria and Braden from Warriors of Light. So I am ready to take the Nest Tea Plunge deep dive into some unseen things about spiritual warfare. And I can imagine that we probably have some listeners and viewers that are not very familiar with that term. So from your experience and your study of scripture, guys, can you share with us what, what is spiritual warfare? Well, Glenn, thanks for having us. It's an honor to be on again, of course. Uh, we love your podcast. Everyone really support this ministry. It's amazing, it's profound. Uh, as far as spiritual warfare, basically, I think you nailed it. It's the unseen world. It's the supernatural realm, the battles that are fought there, which then directly manifests in the physical world here. And warfare, I think it's the devil's attempt to really divide, derail, and destroy Christians from living out our true purpose and advancing God's kingdom, um, ultimately to destroy our eternal soul. So it's nothing to be taken lightly. It's very deadly serious. Um, and just like physical warfare battles on earth, 
Um, they're, they're fought on different fronts for different reasons and with varying degrees of severity as well. So there's a lot of um, different intricacies that come with spiritual warfare. Are there some verses of scripture that you can share with our viewers and listeners about spiritual warfare that you think are key and important to understanding this concept? Of course. Yes, well, in, I've been reading a lot of Psalms. Um, I've been going through some warfare because I've been, uh, I started a ministry to help women, victims of abuse and also homeless women, women that are going through addictions and definitely the, the enemy does not like that. So I go through warfare <laughs> a lot, maybe almost daily. I don't want to declare anything, but there are many ways to, um, to fight that. And we're going to talk about that later, but let's read a scripture. Um, I think Psalm, Psalm 18 helps me a lot to fight against warfare and understand that we need to surrender to God at all times and trust him, even when we don't, under, we don't understand what's going on. But let's read this script, scripture. In Psalm 27, David uh, uh, was persecuted by Saul, by King Saul. Can you imagine how he felt persecuted by the king? The whole time. So he was crying to the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Meaning, um, like you said, this is not a physical war. This is not a flat. This is not a word. A war that involves the flesh. It's not, the enemy is not your neighbor or your family member. The enemy is the principalities, the demons, the, the, the enemy, the Satan, who is behind so many things and, and tries to control us, even in our own minds. That's why we need to, uh, in Philippians 4 8, it says that we, um, we need to. Always thinking whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely. And, and these things are not easy. We, um, especially people that are in ministries, we get attacked a lot in our minds because that's where the enemy wants to attack first. If he can control your mind, he can control your ministry, he can control your family. So that's why the first thing we need to know is uh, the goal, like what is the enemy goal? What, what is he trying to do? Is he trying to bring me down, make me feel sick, make me lose my confidence? So it is very important to, um, and we're going to talk further about this, but to wear the full armor of God. And, and definitely I recommend everyone to read the book of Ephesians. Even a little piece per day will help you understand warfare and how to how to battle and how to win the battle. So when you wear the full armor of God, you are wearing the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, understanding that Jesus already gave us peace, the shield of faith, knowing that God is going to win this battle and it's going to take time. And the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And it actually is the, is the offense that we have against the enemy. So for example, today going through warfare, 
what did I do? Did I get upset? Did I yell to my husband? Well, I didn't do those things. I try not to. <laughs> I'm still living in this flesh. I'm human. But then I'm like, wait a second. The enemy, the enemy's goal is to try to make me feel tired today, upset, sensitive, and kind of like upset about things. You know, you know when you're like super sensitive because you don't feel well. So I'm like, okay, that's the goal. Okay, so I'm gonna battle with Second Corinthians ten three five. God, um, that uh, where it says that we need to take every thought captive, captive to the obedience of Christ. So I I start doing that. And how am I gonna do this? Well, I'm gonna read the Bible. I'm gonna listen to um, the Bible app. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do what it, whatever it takes to get this battle out of my mind. And it, it worked, it worked. It didn't work right away. And sometimes people give up because it doesn't, God doesn't show up right away right. In, their, in, in the person's time. God shows up in his, in his perfect time. So God, God actually showed up for me uh, an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> when I started, my body was feeling really sick today and I started feeling better. But I was battling with several, uh, Bible verses. I was trusting the Lord. I surrender. Um, the Lord wanted me to rest, and I'm I'm a very active person, so that was a battle for me. So, so I just wanted to give examples so people can um, that are listening to us. I wanna uh, just wanted to humbly um, give some examples and how to battle. But definitely, the Word of God helps us so much, especially when we meditate on it and reflect and connect with our king. Yeah, so that is so powerful what you just said. There's a couple of things I want to talk about that you said that were very important. Then Braden, we'll get to you. And this is why I love having you guys on here. I mean, this is this is what I call we feature heavy music here, but this is our heavy theology segment. You, yeah, we will get to some heavy music in a little bit. Um, but Laura, you just said just a minute ago that our enemy is not our neighbor. It's not the person that lives down the street. It's not the guy that cut me off in traffic on the way home tonight. Tonight, You know, that's not the enemy. And that's why Jesus tells us to love our enemies because they're really not our enemies. You know, they are in the flesh, but there's other things that are going on that are motivating them. And what we are wrestling and what we are fighting against is we're fighting against Satan working through them and controlling them and guiding their thoughts and their minds. And, you know, going back to King David, uh, or David being pursued by and persecuted by King Saul before he was King David. Oh my goodness. Imagine being persecuted by the president or a king of a country. That's a, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. And just a few minutes ago, uh, we had Nettie on and we were talking about bullying and how that is something that is, you know, instigated by satanic forces in a lot of ways. And there we have that with Saul persecuting David. And it came out of jealousy because David was really the true. He was really the what what a time to live in for David where he knew he was going to be the king. Saul was, you know, out there doing his own thing and following whatever. And, uh, you know, just a lot going on there. And we've got some comments here. Uh, Tiffany's saying, warfare is the enemy's attempt to create doubt and mistrust emotionally. Whew. Emotions do play a lot in warfare. Mentally, physically, and spiritually against God's plan for us. That is so true. And then uh, Michelle Suzanne says, yes, read the word and take every thought captive. That is hard to do, especially when you're emotional. 
and we are we are emotional beings. Braden, you were going to say a few things. Can you uh, share what uh, you wanted to share with us? Yeah, you you actually nailed exactly what I was going to hit on. What my wonderful wife said about it's not the you know the person that we're battling against; it's the force behind them. And I thought you know a biblical reference that's pretty interesting of that is when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, and there was a storm. And Jesus was, you know, he was sleeping and the disciples were just terrified. They were like, master, wake up, we're going to perish. And it's, it, the interesting part is that it wasn't the waves that was the source of the attack. It was the wind behind the waves. So oh, wow. winds are invisible and intangible. Waves are visible and tangible. And so the invisible forces were the winds that were setting in that emotion. So what we see on earth is the waves, but they're really caused by the wind. So I thought that was really interesting. And our goal is not to stop the waves, but to stop the wind behind those waves. I mean, after all, once he got up, what did he do? He didn't rebuke the waves. He rebuked the wind. He rebuked the cause behind the waves, behind the storm that was about to make them all perish. And Whoa. so I figured that that's um, a really huge symbol in that, that book in the Bible. That is huge. Like the unseen force going on. And it's, it's a metaphor that really helps me to understand. That is huge. I've never thought of it that way. And if you think about it, when Jesus, during his ministry, especially in the book of Mark, it talks a lot about him casting out devils. And we don't really read much about that in the Old Testament. Now, it did occur, but it was not by the command of Christ or one of his disciples under the authority of Christ. Probably one of the greatest exorcists in the Old Testament was King Solomon himself. And it was done, you know, with other means than saying, you know, depart, you know, depart into those pigs. But Jesus rebuked the wind just as he rebuked the demons. And, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, in in the Canaanite and uh, Sumerian texts, the the God behind the wind and the storms was Baal. He was considered to be the storm God. So, yeah, that is the unseen force, really, that is being rebuked there. And uh, Christopher Shelton's weighing in. He says, wow, deep there, Brother Brayden. That was, that was a nugget, really. That was, that was awesome. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> That <laughs> really, and you know, it's funny because that wind that was behind all of that was stirring the emotions of the disciples into fear. And Jesus was just like, hey, this is no big deal. Stop it. You know, and really that's the way that we should be. And the only way that that can be done is going back to what Laura said just a minute ago, and that's taking every thought captive, that this storm is not going to kill me. This storm is not going to destroy me. I have the authority under Jesus to say no to this. This this can stop. Go, what's that, Braden? Uh, Luke 10, 19. Luke we 10, 19. To trample on serpents and scorpions. Yeah, that is a powerful verse. I've been meditating on that over the past couple of days, and that's taken me to some very, very interesting places. I don't think we'll have enough time to go into that tonight. But I want to ask you this next question, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, they're talking about spiritual warfare and stuff you can't see. And, you know, unless you've been redeemed and your eyes have been open and been born again, you really don't see this stuff. Uh, when was it that you guys first had your eyes open to spiritual warfare? How did God open your eyes to it? And can you give us an example of when your eyes were first open to the truth of what was going on around you in a world we don't see? Yes. Well, <clears throat> I think my eyes were open after getting baptized uh, in the spirit, water and fire of God, especially the water. Um, I feel like baptizing yourself in the water. It just, it just, um, 
renews the spirit and it gives it gives it, it, it baptizes in the fire of God. So when I got after I got baptized, I started recognizing that I needed to live in God's purpose. I, I needed to do ministry and love others, love God, put God first, and then love others. And I realized that we are here to serve others. We are here to be humble and serve others in, in so many ways. We all have skills. We all have gifts. So God has a purpose for all of us because he's the creator. He was not going to create something for nothing, obviously. So he created us all for a purpose. And I started realizing that my purpose was to do ministry, especially through music, through Warriors of Life, and also my solo project as El Victoria. And, and then through that ministry, open other ministries and help women and help families and do what the Lord wants me to do. So anyway, that opened my eyes because uh, I realized that when I'm doing these things, the enemy is going to come against me at yeah. some point and my marriage and my husband and my family. So, so what do we do? What are the steps? Because a lot of, a lot of us are wondering, I'm always wondering this, how do we stop this warfare? But, but I realized that uh, the, more, the most important thing is in Ephesians 6, 10, 11, which says to be strong in his strength not your own. So we need, first we need to recognize that we need to surrender all this flesh, pride and ego and all this to God. And then recognize that through his strength, we can, we can do, do it all. Uh, Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah. And then after that, realize that honestly, I learn, especially when we're touring and our gear, doesn't work or so, or something is yeah. just we can find it and, and we feel this tension and, and we actually see um we see the battle sometimes we just both of us will, will just be on the stage and our visuals won't work and we'll be like there are demons and angels fighting right there yeah. and we're both like agreeing with it it's crazy yeah. so anyway when these things are happening what do we do how do we stop it like i said so surrendering uh, knowing that, it, that God has a strength, <clears throat> through his strength, we conquer. And uh, like we said before, uh, every thought needs to be captive to God so we can keep our balance because like um, like Tiffany said, he wants, the enemy wants to make us imbalance. He wants, he wants to make uh, makes us lose, lose, uh, sorry, lose confidence. Mm -hmm. And so it is important for us to just stay stable and trust God and, and pray, uh, worship, and learn and know that everything is, everything is God's will and time. And we need to start giving up to our own time. So when we're on the stage and this battle is happening, sometimes I, I feel like emotionally like, when is God going to show up? And I know a lot of people that are watching these, some of, some of them are sick. Some of them are feeling oppressed right now. Some of them don't have a job. And they're, they're asking, when is God going to show up for me? Mm -hmm. Why he doesn't show up right now mm -hmm. in this second? So that's a little bit frustrating, right? But that's what the enemy wants. So what we need to say instead is, thank you, 
God, I'm grateful that I have a roof, that I'm on tour, that, that I have everything I need. You know, maybe I don't have a job yet or whatever it is. Um, but I know that in your perfect will and time, it will happen. And in that sense, you have the, um, you have the armor of God on you. You have the, the, uh, the shield, the shield of, of faith. faith. And, and you are wearing the armor. You're trusting the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany says faith is endurance. And that is so, so important. A lot of times we feel like we can't endure. And a lot of times we just feel so frustrated. And it's interesting how the devil takes God's timing and perverts it and turns it into frustration for us. When, you know, we've got these desires that God placed in our heart and it's like, God, I want it now. Just like Laura was just saying a second ago. And it turns into this thing, we get frustrated and then we get to the point where we quit. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean, Laura, you were f dealing with some spiritual warfare today. I've been, you know, for our viewers and listeners, I have not spoken about this, but for the past four weeks, I've been recovering from COVID and most of the last editions I've been doing, I've been doing with COVID. So I have never had my mind so fuzzy. Uh, in, in doing these in the recovery from that and the enemy comes in and plays with that and even today I had to take a nap before we we went online because I was just so tired and in the midst of that sickness and feeling sick I'm like you know what I just I just don't feel like doing this I want to quit but what God's been doing is every time that I've been obedient to put my foot forward and actually do something and he's opened up all sorts of things and it's like whoa I could have never done that before you know feeling good so you know whatever it's, it's not about me and laura i want to go back to something that you said a few minutes ago i was taking copious notes on my my outline here and i want to draw our listeners and viewers to this and i know that some of our viewers and listeners were at rockfest with us uh in charleston you said being baptized by spirit water and fire and before we started rockfest you were on stage and you prayed that prayer that people would be baptized in spirit water and fire and we saw that and it's so funny because it's talking about god's timing we had that baptismal pool that was out there and we get to the very light you know the letter black coming up and nobody had been baptized in water yet and just before the very end of the show we had a water baptism um a young lady and she it was so glorious and at that point in time i had said hey let's just go ahead and start emptying out the pool because it's going to take a while for us to get this thing loaded up in the truck and just after i had said that god was faithful and provided a water baptism and there's a spiritual warfare concept behind water baptism i don't want to get into that quite right now but i was like oh wow so everything that you prayed for on that stage laura happened there were it people happened in god's perfect timing <laughs> <laughs> <Not 59. laughs> when i gave up when i gave up you know god god provided and, and yeah. did that so you know this a lot of this sounds like wild sci-fi fantasy as a matter of fact though if you study scripture and you study the way that the heavenlies work and then watch a marvel comics movie it's like oh i get it okay you know um the the the, the cosmic battle between good and evil and the evil forces don't like each other anyway they're all at each other's throats they're all a bunch of treacherous wretches um you know, so it sounds like um you know sci-fi fantasy but we know and i'm gonna get to some more comments in a minute 
Um, we know that what we see on earth is a reflection of what's going on in the heavenlies. Uh, the Bible makes that very clear. As a matter of fact, in Genesis uh, chapter, uh, the first book of the Bible, in the, in the book of Genesis, it says that when we were created in the image of God, when we were created by him, uh, that really the, the word um, is phantom. You know, we are a reflection of, of him. We're kind of like phantoms in a way. And then in the book of Hebrews, it talks about, you know, everything that on the, on this earth is just a reflection of the greater glory that we just don't see right now. What are some of the evidences that you see in the earth that we are surrounded by this great spiritual war? Wow. Well, that's a great, that was a great point about Genesis. And, you know, I think we have a song called hell is real and one of the one of the lines in that is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist and that's his goal is for him to be unseen but for him to just wreak havoc and he's definitely executed that masterfully all over the world um again another metaphor i love my metaphors it's like when you're cleaning up a cobweb nine times out of ten you won't see the spider with the cobweb you see the result of the spider and you know the spider was there but you don't see the spider nine times out of 10. I just did it today actually, and there was no spider there. But um, yeah, I mean, his, his work is seen all around. Most people live in some sort of bondage today. There has never been more hate, more depression, more suicide in youth, more gender confusion, more active shooters, more mass killings than ever in history. And I mean, I think it's pr pretty clear to everyone that this is all the work of Satan. It's he's not, you know, he's not revealing himself physically, but his the evidence of his work is absolutely everywhere. So his main thing is to convince you of his truth when we need to believe God's truth. And sometimes uh, and I want to say this to everyone and maybe this is going to speak to someone. Sometimes you see your 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 bank account and you're like, uh oh. Like you, you, you just see it and it's going down, down, down. You're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. And then you start, the enemy gets in your head and he's like, see, you're not going to be able to do this, neither this, 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 this. Doubt. And, and it's over and you should be in your bed crying or something. And, and, then, God, and, then, and then that's when you need to wear the armor of God. And um, I want to put it in simple words because I could talk very like deep but sometimes it's, it's better to ex explain things in a simple way that that we can all connect so that the simple thing is god's truth is love meaning god will never leave you he will provide for you he promised us he will provide for you protect you and use your identity he's going to show up not at your time again he's going to show up on his perfect timing so when that happens, when you have this kind of doubt in your head, it could be anything. It could be, oh, I'm fighting with someone and that person is against me. And the enemy makes you feel like that person hates you and whatever it is, or doesn't love you or whatever. That's when you need to pray strongly. It's a, it's a, it takes courage. It takes, it takes an effort. It won't, it won't be easy. It's just not going to be... Uh, oh, yeah, guys can help me because I say so. You know what I mean? It, it, it takes effort. It takes an effort, a human effort out of this flesh to say, God, I, Lord, Abba, 
can you hear me? I am going to pray right now with all my heart, like David prayed. He was persecuted. He was in fear. He tried not to have fear because that does not belong to, the, to God. So, so what, what, we, what do we do when these things happen? We pray strongly. We, we, we shout to God. And, and, and in that sense, we express ourselves and, and trust that the Lord will do it and, 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 and ask him, what's your truth, God? And usually God will tell you, my truth is, it doesn't matter what numbers you see in your account. My truth is way bigger than all that. And sometimes none of you can understand what I'm doing, but my, my truth is bigger. Don't look at those numbers. Don't look at the world. Just look at me, look at my love. And trust me, everything I promise you, you will have everything you need. Maybe not everything you want, <laughs> but everything you need. That's right. And I'll, I'll repeat that a little bit because we had a little bit of a glitch in the uh, World Wide Web here that he provides everything that we need, not necessarily everything that we that we want. And, you know, a lot of this thing that you're talking about with the enemy planting seeds of doubt in our head and going back to what you were saying about taking every thought captive, I want to encourage our listeners and viewers who are believers to do something is that before you speak something into somebody's life or you make a comment or a criticism to take every thought captive to make sure that you're not becoming a mouthpiece for the enemy. I call them spiritual belchers where they just belch out whatever comes to, that's not going to work. Oh, that's stupid. Or how's that going to, you know, that can't be, you know, before you do that, you need to be disciplined. And that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to think those things through, you know, we just don't put our, um, you know, uh, mind on a shelf and go into passivity because when we go into passivity we know what that happens we become a channel for the other side uh, god wants our mind actively engaged so be very careful with what you speak that's good and that's why the word is very clear in you know exhorting encouraging you know if you see something that you don't think is going to work don't just be like oh that's not going to work and sow those seeds of doubt and do the devil's work for them and be a tool of spiritual war, you know, spiritual warfare, figure out a way that you can help that person or bring insight to encourage them in that direction that they're going, coach them and help them move along in that direction. And that is so very, very important. I've got some comments I want to get to. This is a great discussion. Got to go back to, back up to Rick Andrews. He says, had to stop my shower. That was profound. That fits the scripture about Yahweh holding and directing the winds even the, in the case of uh, in Exodus. So that brain, what you had really was profound. Uh, then we've got Tiffany. She says, um, we need to find joy. Scripture says, find joy in tribulation. That is so true. <laughs> and then she says, he is in the, he is in the waiting. Yes. Um, yes. Boy, and that gets so frustrating yes. sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really does. Michelle, um, she says amen to uh, what you guys said. And then um, Tiffany reminds us that he does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And, uh, you know, going back to King David, David was the unlikely one to be king of Israel. And God equipped him to be king because that's the one that he chose, not the one that everybody thought should be. So, 
you know that that's very important to remember and uh even with uh even with jesus he was the one called he is the anointed one he is the called one he is the messiah and when he went into the synagogue and they're like this is jesus of nazareth what he's doing here what the carpenter's son yeah he's the messiah because that's the way god made it so yeah you just you just have to deal with it <laughs> so i want to ask this question because there's a lot of confusion about spiritual warfare and I was saved in the 90s. It was 19 October of 1993. I, I remember very, it very vividly. And uh, I thought after I was saved, hey, man, I am on easy street. God is on my side. It's all going to be roses and life is going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden, all this crazy stuff started happening. And the people that I were with at the time, they were off base on a lot of things. But... Um, they did open my eyes to the fact of spiritual warfare. And I really believe during the 90s, we were, as believers, starting to get an idea of what spiritual warfare was about. I remember reading the books by Francis Frangipan, uh, Benny Hinn books, things like that, and really getting an understanding of it. But there were a lot of misconceptions at that time. And that's okay, because when God starts opening your eyes to things, you don't get it all at once. You, you, you just don't. And I think God was preparing us for the war that we were going to be seeing reflected in the earth starting on September 11th, 2001. I mean, what, you know, crazy war, huge amount of war. I can only imagine what was going on in the heavenlies. Um, but there are still some misconceptions about spiritual warfare that that you know some people don't quite understand. What are some of those misconceptions that you still see today that really, once they're cleared up, would lead to some victorious living and some victory and some battles for some people? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think we can't forget that gospel literally translates to good news. So the good news is that Jesus already, now and forever, has defeated Satan, hell, death and the grave. And by his finished work in the cross, we are saved Amen. all in him. But then on the other side of that, it's like um, on a personal level, so a misconception I had too is like resting in that victory so much that, oh, I feel like, you know, I can live however I want. And a big misconception, I think, is that we ourselves sometimes open up doors to next levels of spiritual warfare by, you know, things that we get into or, or, things that we do uh, with our flesh. And I think, you know, personally, I struggled as a new Christian, I struggled with medical marijuana and I, I struggled with the roots of it was a terrible, a crippling anxiety I had. So I tried to use this physical substance to, as a bandaid to cover up the anxiety, the problem. And it was like, I didn't know that every time I did that, I was opening doors to let demons come in, like come more and more to come in exponentially through through um, trying to fix my anxiety that way instead of turning directly to Christ and his finished work. And so I feel like a misconception is that people might think like once saved, always saved, or they might think like, oh, I can just live however I want because I said this one prayer one time in my life. When in reality, we, we are responsible of opening and closing doors through prayer and through turning to Christ for the victory that he's already won for all of us. And it is important to have uh, a good small group or go to a prayer group uh, or intensive prayer. Sometimes when these doors are not as easy to close, I would recommend that. And I, I have two things in mind in my mind right now. Uh, the first thing is a misconception is um, not through my own experience, but I heard this 
that some people says, well, my life is so great. Why do I need God? You know? Uh, and I heard about warfare. I don't even want to get warfare. <laughs> like, like, that's crazy. I don't need him. I, uh, I got yeah. everything I need. I'm great. And, and that's pride. And I think I believe pride is one of the, it's, it's a tough thing for God to come in and, uh, uh, God is a gentleman. He's, he's not just gonna come to someone's life and take over. He wants us to look at him. Yeah. So pride, um, unfortunately, takes away from the blessings, from the real blessings, because the real blessings are not just making tons of money and uh, just living in the best house and having 10 kids or whatever yeah. it is. That's not the true blessing. The true blessing is knowing the king and, and experiencing his presence daily, his peace. Yeah. His peace during the storm. That's something incredible to me. So talking about uh, a little bit about what he said, uh, he talked about his own personal experience. My, uh, from my own personal experience, it's hard for me to trust God because I grew up without a father. So it's been a battle for me to trust him. And I love him and I sing to him and I write songs to him and, and I adore him. But there is a part of me that is still battling with that, with the fact that he is your father and he's in charge and you, you know, and, and he will do it for you. You know, you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to be such a high achiever and all these crazy things. There's a part of me that is still working in that, trying to believe that God's got it. He is your father. He's in the throne. He's always in the throne. He's always with you. He loves you and he's a father figure, meaning that he will do it for you. He will provide for you. He will work for you and he will win the battle for you. And that's important to remember. Yeah. And if you're not getting any warfare, you might have to question, you know, what kingdom you're serving. One last thing. Christ took away my anxiety completely once I stopped wow. using that stuff. So it was... It was nothing that I could do. I just had to turn to him, and it's it's been years now, and it, I, I don't have any anxiety. He took it all away completely through his power. I didn't need any physical, worldly substance for that to happen. So praise God. That is that is awesome. I, I want to bring that up because you know my life was a lot more smoother sailing before I was saved than after I was saved. Um, you know, a lot of warfare going on, and that's because you've moved out of the kingdom of darkness and. The devil's mad and the forces of hell, they are very mad that you've moved out and they do not want you to move in the fullness of what God's called you to be because that threatens them. That's why, and I'm going to go back to the bullying we were talking about an hour ago. That's why the devil believes he has to bully you is because he's afraid of you. That's really what it comes down to. When you see yourself, who you are in Christ and you see who Jesus is, it's really frightening to the enemy and he's got to do some things to make your life kind of miserable to try to get you back into the shell. The other thing about doors being open, one of the biggest doors and Braid, you touched upon this and Laura, you've, you touched upon this as well is pride. That is one of the biggest doors for the devil to walk through. And we saw that even with Peter, when he said to Jesus, Jesus, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus looked at him and said, not get behind me, Peter, get behind me, Satan. And it was because of uh, Peter's pride. Hey, I'm not going to let Jesus go to the cross. This is not going to happen. Hey, I'm going to thwart God's will. And you had 
Satan enter into Peter and speak through Satan. And I bet you Peter didn't think about that before he actually said it. He was one of those spiritual belchers that just, yeah, spoke yeah. what came to, <laughs> to the top of his mind. Hey, we've got a comment from Ziggy. And um, man, you know what? I got to tell you, everybody that in the Lithos Cry community that I've talked to over the past couple of days has been enduring some great levels of spiritual warfare. Ziggy's been one of them. And he says, been going through everything you're talking about. God's confirmation coming through. That is exciting. There's there's ministry going on. You know, it's interesting because um, I want to point this out. You know, there was warfare before we got to Rockfest. There was warfare while we were there. And I opened up my notes afterwards. Boy, has there been a level of warfare like I've never seen afterwards in the artists' lives that were there, the people that were there, the individual lives. I mean, there was great victory and there's great victory going on. But man, it's been absolutely bonkers. And I really believe that what was done on that stage, especially with you guys up there, is we were you know, really affecting the atmosphere here in Charleston, South Carolina. And that's huge. And somebody's very, very mad about that. And that's, that's all right with me. Um, that's, that's fine, you know, and it, so long as we know who we are doing it for, and we are operating under that authority of Jesus, Amen. it's important. It's important. And the other thing too, that I want to point out about one of those misconceptions about spiritual warfare is that it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I've heard so many preachers, so many preachers and pastors, they give the devil way too much credit or the devil's yeah. behind uh, every bush in the yard. Um, but the ones that give the devil way too much credit, they're like, well, you know, if there's signs uh, and wonders and healings and miracles, well, it's got to be of the devil because God doesn't do that. Um, excuse me. Uh, God does do that. And it's very clear. It's very clear in scripture that God does do those things. And you're going to think that the devil's just going to do that now. Now, I mean, there are counterfeit signs and wonders. We all know that, but, um, you know, God is powerful and he is, he is a worker of miracles. And if you think about it in the level of mess that we live in, in this world, we need miracles on a daily basis. I mean, it's really a miracle just to be able to get out of bed in the morning <laughs> most of the time, especially today. Um, so let me ask you this question here. And I want to talk talk about this, um, the role of music, especially the music of Warriors of Light and Spiritual Warfare. We we're just talking about Rockfest and what you did on stage. What role do you see music playing in spiritual warfare, especially your music? Well, you know, I think... Uh, it's very central to the mission of Warriors, and it always has been to tear down strongholds, you know, through the music. Um, we're literally rebuking demons by using the word of God in all of our songs. I mean, all of our songs are either centered around one or a couple specific biblical verses. Mm -hmm. And I was actually going through them pre preparing for this, and it was like, wow, that one has to do with spiritual warfare, that one, that one, that one. So, so I think, yeah, it's, it's safe to say that the foundation and the way that um, the Lord has blessed us with this is it's it was birthed out of specifically uh, spiritual warfare verses. And then when, once we say those and use the word of God on stage, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving through that. And even if someone can't understand what's going on, the spirit is still moving through and, and, and active and, and doing its work um, to bring to advance God's kingdom. And also musicians, um, as some of us, we know this, um, in the Old Testament, and I believe in the New Testament too, 
correct me if I'm wrong, musicians open the gates of heaven. Musicians have music. Music is such an aroma for God that 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 musicians with the right heart, of course, mm-hmm. not a, not not a heart of um, I just want to do want to get attention or do this to get money. No, with the right with with a good heart, when you sing to the Lord, He, he is an aroma for Him, and He 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 will listen to it. He will open the gates of heaven for you. And talking about miracles, my mom survived cancer twice. Praise God. Prayer, yes. through, um, I was fasting. I said, God, I'm not going to eat until you make this happen. I just, hmm. and I was, I remember I was in Los Angeles when um, my, my big brother gave up. He said, he's the rock. My big brother, big brother is the rock. He's like, you know, the guy, the rock, like that. He's, he's like that. Big and he's like, Never gives up to anything, and he gave up. He said, wow. I think we have to say goodbye. And I said, no, no, no. Go to bed. You have to rest. You, you have done enough. It's my turn. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. I kneel in front of the Lord, and I said, Lord, I know you're listening to me, and I know my mom was in coma, and, and she had uh, pro- problems in different organs. Um, and what, it was, it was, it's hard to explain what happened. So I said, you're going to wake up my mother, Lord. I know that you will. And I'm not going to eat. I'm going to be praying here and crying and, and, singing. and singing and doing anything. Uh, I remember I was in Los Angeles in a building and I was, I tried to like evangelize people on the street. I said, I will just do anything, Lord, for you to wake up my mother. And um, I, I, I was fasting and I was uh, entering in his presence. So when you're fasting, the flesh goes down. Yes. And the spirit goes up. So I felt like like a some kind of um like I felt dizzy, but a good dizzy. Like a yes. like I felt like I was a light body. And and I and, and I was like mm-hmm. I felt like the Holy Spirit was moving me. And and it was so wonderful. And uh same thing I did before I met my husband. But anyway, uh <laughs> good, right? But anyway, I, I was praying, I was praying and I said, God, I'm not gonna give up. I know you are almighty you are sitting in the throne you can do it all and and i i think it took many many hours and then the next day um my brother called me and, and he said she woke up and she's okay now and yeah. and uh, it was such a miracle so she survived twice Praise like God. the worst cancer she wasn't the worst day like she was already in heaven like she was in coma she was looking at heaven already like she was almost there so so God is God Almighty. He's he he has all the power, and He's sitting in the throne every day. So, um, sorry, I'm gonna go back a little bit to what you said previously about the tongue. Um, I wrote yes, a song called I wrote a song called Double Edge. Double um, Edge. <laughs> and this song is about Proverbs eighteen twenty one, because the, the the tongue has the power of life and death. Meaning that we do need to think before we speak because we can hurt others in such a bad way that we could we could even cause a suicide. Like I'm talking, I'm gonna talk straight here. We have to be very careful with the words we say. Uh, and the enemy will use these words so easily. I I have done it, I have said bad things, and, and it's so easy. To, it feels good sometimes to say bad things, right? It's like cursing almost. Like like the flesh uh, feels good with that, but the spirit does not feel good. God does not want that. God wants 
God does not want perfection either. We'll never be perfect. We can't just be forcing ourselves every second to be perfect. What God wants is a true relationship with him as the creator and love for others. But when you love someone, you're not just going to say whatever you're feeling after you work the whole day and you're exhausted. You know, you're going to be like, I had a bad day and blah, blah, blah. You're just going to think first and be like, wait a second. I see that my husband is working and he seems to be very stressed. Maybe I need to wait to tell him about my day or maybe I need to encourage him or and it takes an effort. The flesh just wants to do what it wants, right? You have to stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it with the strength, with the strength of God. And in, and in Proverbs 18, 21, it says that we have so much power when we speak. So, so these words can, can hurt someone so bad and, and cause wounds that are like, very hard for God to heal. I mean, he will, can heal them. But I know people that have wounds, that they, uh, crazy wounds, like they don't speak to their families. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Because I can't imagine how they feel. And it was probably because one word or one conversation. And another thing I wanted to say, um, I just need to say this, is I think this is the exit to warfare. Um, this is a very important Bible verse is in Philippians 4, 6, 7. I love the book of Philippians. It's like a dream. It's just, it's powerful, but it also brings the beauty of God, the love of God. So it says, do not be anxious. So, and, and, and by prayers and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to me. And in that sense, we need to surrender. And, and, and leave this anxiety away, give it to God. I imagine this trash bag, this black trash bag that says anxiety, and I give it to God. I said, mm-hmm. God, deal with that. Okay, so through prayer and petition, I want to tell you something. I, I, I would love to, for example, see my family again, my mother. Um, and I thank you. I'm thankful for... This, 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 you know, for the air I breathe, for the, for so many things. Oh, that would take forever in this video, so I don't want to get started with that. But being grateful and thankful takes all the power from the enemy. It's a big weapon. It's a big weapon. Mm, so wow. for to be grateful, and you will yeah. see how kind of, he's gonna just gonna leave right away. <laughs> he's gonna be like, well, thankfulness. Yeah, I want to highlight that again. Thankfulness and prayer is one of the greatest weapons against the enemy. That is so true. Laura, I want to go back and talk about something real quick that you mentioned, because I've been experiencing this personally over the past several weeks as I've been sick. You were talking about fasting and really how you're that in that good, dizzy state when, you, when you're fasting. And fasting, you know, remember when Jesus said about certain demons, there's only certain demons that you can cast out through prayer and through fasting. He, he talked about that. And if, then he talked about having the faith to move mountains. But one of the things that I've learned is that this body of flesh suppresses our spirit so, so much. And eating and doing all the things that we do is really, it's, it's, it's helping, you know, the flesh. It's, it's feeding the flesh. But when you're fasting, your, your flesh is being suppressed. And 
over the past several weeks when I've had COVID, I've been, I would, I would best describe it probably as the secret place at night with visions and dreams vividly like I've never had before preparing me. And I cannot share those right now at this time. I, I cannot. But preparing me for uh, what's coming up in the future. And it's like, why is this so vivid? And then even in that, um, in, in the prayer, in, you know, in the fasting and, and being sick, there was one day, and I want to go back to the gratefulness, okay? And I'm being very vulnerable here. There was one day I was very upset about some things, uh, about things going on in life, and I was basically murmuring. And I had a visitation from the forces of darkness that night, and they slapped me while I was in bed, and I saw them on the side of the bed. And I even was like, Deb, Deb, you know? And I was like, what just happened? And it's like, oh, okay. I kind of equate it to, you know, when you start opening up those doors that send in the clowns, you know, and I I rejoiced in that because I was like, okay, my father chastised me for being a jerk in mumbling and complaining about his timing, you know? And then a couple of nights later, he gave me two very specific verses of scripture to go to. And it was about his timing basically, and not mumbling and complaining about things. And I'm like, okay, God, I, I get it. I don't want to go through that again. Let's go back to the other type dreams where you're starting to, you know, uh, show me different things. Deb is watching and weighing in. Wow. Deep truth here. This is a deep one tonight. I love this. And Tiffany has got a couple good points. She's right on point with everything that's going on here. It's like she saw the outline. She says <laughs> atmospheres change and, and she, she didn't, but she, we know, we know the spirit that's in her and that's moving. Atmospheres change based upon the worshiper's heart intention and connection to God. And then she says, and here's, here's where it gets kind of, kind of cool because this is where I want to go next, especially with prayer and fasting. Worship is a conversation with God as prayer is. And I want to talk about prayer because um, the night before Rockfest, you guys prayed for me, and that meant a lot. And the reason why it meant a lot was because the power of the prayer was a level of power that I've only felt a few times. And I'm not saying that to stroke your egos or anything like that. And it's not because Oglen was giddy and he was nervous, but it was God. I felt the presence of God. I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And you guys, being warriors, you know, you you understand prayer. What are some keys to effective prayer, especially in spiritual warfare? Keys to effective prayer. Uh, well, we were speaking before about fasting. Anointing. Huh? Anointing oil. And, oh, we anoint the house with oil, and we anoint each other with oil. And also, I believe that you, the person who's praying needs to believe with the other person as well, because when two... One or uh, one, two or more are praying. God is in the midst, mm-hmm. right? Because there is so much of tr- faith and trust that God is like, it's just the Spirit of God. Just I, I, I see it right now. I, I feel, I feel like the Spirit of God just gets like excited, like mm-hmm. it moves. And and um, uh, so yeah, those those things help uh, when we're praying. Um, also, people believe that when you're praying, it's it's a basic thing, kind of like, oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, God, Father in heaven, but uh, no, not really, because you don't go to your husband and say, "Oh, good morning. I will see you tonight just to tell you good night." You know what I mean? Like it's that's not how you have a relationship with your Creator. Um, before we got married, we decided that God always needed to be first, no matter what, and that's actually something that it really helps our marriage uh, because we put our flesh. 
Um, we just give our flesh to the Lord. Sometimes I, so this is going to help to your prayer to put, to, to be at the feet of Jesus, mm -hmm. to put your pride and ego and body ever, the whole thing at the feet of Jesus and tell him, Lord, I'm at your feet. Mm -hmm. I'm at your feet, Lord. And start your prayer like that. Come Holy Spirit, come God, Jesus, Lord, be, be yourself. Be yourself. Don't, don't, don't grab words from other pastor, from pastors or, or people on in TikTok or whatever. I don't even have TikTok, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> just don't grab those words and just have a deep connection with him in your own way. And if you're not like an extroverted person, that could speak for hours. But if you're not like that, it's okay. Because actually in the Bible it says, all I want you to do is stay still with me. Mm, and then if you're not an extrovert, you can just say, God, I love you so much. And just give him your heart. And that's it. And that's beautiful. So I believe that um, just show God, your creator, that you love him so much. And that you don't put yourself first. It's not about self-care and uh, me first and all these hashtags that are out there. No, it's 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 God, it's Him. Because if you're a logical person, when you are connected to your Creator, when the creation is connected to the Creator, it's in its maximum power. So if you're not connected to your creator, you, you are in the battlefield by, by yourself. And if you don't know God and Jesus, that's even worse. You're being deceived and, well, I'm trying, I need to take my tongue here, but. Wow, I mean, this is, this is PhD level stuff. This is awesome. Deep stuff. Yeah, it is. And uh, humbleness and agreement are also, that agreement is really faith and believing that what you are praying, God is with you, that he's listening. And not only that, that he can do what you're asking for. It may not be in your time, but he can do what you're asking for. That is so wonderful. I mean, again, I want to say this again. This is PhD level stuff that we're talking about tonight. No. Christopher Christopher Shelton says, plug into the power source. Yeah, that, that, is, that, is, that is what it is. So you at the beginning of this live stream, you guys talked about the weapons that we have to combat the powers of darkness. And that's not bullets and guns and things you know it's, it's really interesting i want to bring this point up you know people know that are not saved they know something's up they know there's a battle going on and you see everybody going and running to the to the gun shop to go get all the ammo and the guns and that is not what is going to win this war but they ha they they see it they feel it they feel it percolating in them that something's up something's going to happen um but the the weapons of the enemy he's got his own arsenal and I think one of the things that's effective in warfare is understanding what weapons that your enemy has and will use against you. What are some of the weapons of warfare that you see that the enemy likes to wield the most? I think we've listed a good amount of them. They, for some reason, a lot of them start with the letter D. <laughs> distraction is a big one. He will distract you to do anything else rather than get into the word of God or spend time with God. Like one of our pastors said once, 
Whenever I open my Bible, I have the strangest urge to clean the top of my <laughs> fridge. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, distraction, delay, and, you know, the whole thing about God's timing being perfect. Sometimes we want it to be our timing, so the delay, he uses that against us. Disappointment, discouragement, depression, doubt. I mean, in the Garden of Eden, the, the, all the serpent said to Eve was he made her doubt the word of God. And that's it. Just one little, one little nugget of doubt caused the entire fall of humanity. So that's a huge one too. Um, delay, doubt, debt, fear. Fear is one that's not a D. Yes. Fear is a huge one. It's close to D though. It's like <laughs> a letter over, two letters over. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one other principle going off of what Laura had said is, you know, for effective prayer is to, shift the battleground like shift shift what's going on to to bring it to god um another metaphor that i was thinking of is you know when an eagle fights a snake it doesn't go to the snake's battleground it shifts the battleground it brings the battle to the sky it brings the battle to the air it literally brings the snake up where it's not balanced it has no power it has no stamina it shifts the battleground to make it powerful oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then it takes it from the air, drops it down, and has its way with it. And I thought that was like, wow, that is a huge, huge symbol of like how we need to just bring the, the war from the person up to God. Like pray for them, forgive them, yes. you know, uh, just start, start bringing God in the center of it and, and do all the things that aren't physical, basically. And another thing that, that, that works a lot is to declare, because like, like we spoke, um, the Bible says that the tongue has so much power. So when you start declaring, um, I am not doubting God today. Uh, God is in the throne. God is almighty. God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. And you just start declaring with your mouth. You change the atmosphere. And, and, and then the Spirit of God can, can come in. And another thing I wanted to say before I forget is we were speaking about that God, God listens to us and he, he gives us the desires of our hearts, but not all of them. And wait a second, this is a good prayer that's been helping me. Humbly, because you have to be humble. <laughs> you have to humble yourself because I don't like to do this prayer, but I, I'm like, God, I, I have to do it. Just, just just humble yourself and say, God, close all the doors that are not for me. Including, for example, if someone is dating someone, um, if that's not the person for me, God, humbly, I give that, this person Block to you. Block it from me. Can you help me? Can you close all the doors that will lead me to either get sick or it will lead me to uh, be with toxic people or whatever it is? Um, because we are called to love others, but that doesn't mean we're going to love everyone and we're going to let everyone in our house and, and they're going to do like witchcraft in your house. You know what I mean? Like, like right, they, right. God has boundaries. And the first thing we did before getting married is read a book about boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries are so important. And, and we're very loving, like, um, and we try to be the most loving we can. Um, we make friends right away usually. <laughs> So, but, but the thing is like, um, even with, like I have friends that are not Christians that I'm praying for them that I love so much and I'm not closing my heart because they're not Christians, but, but you have to have boundaries and, and there are some toxic things that take away the spirit of God 
So we have to be very careful with those. And, and that's why sometimes God does not give you all the desires of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. He protects you. Yeah, Christopher Shelton is saying this is some good spiritual grub tonight. I am really enjoying this. I I am sitting here getting blessed, and I am getting freed up as well uh, in, in listening to this. And that's the importance of community and being with other believers that are in the faith. And really, what it comes down to a lot of times is equal yoking. And I'm not talking about you know saved and unsaved necessarily in marriage. I'm talking about being equally yoked with believers who have a strong faith. And that's where metal sharpens metal and iron iron sharpens iron. Michelle saying, yes, Lord, close all the doors that should not be open. Yes, yes. Take that to heart. I, I, I would like for all of our viewers and listeners and everybody that's on the replay to take this to heart, walk in this. If you've been saved, if you've been born again by the blood of Jesus, do this, do these things. If you have not been saved, Still, this probably sounds like a lot of wild sci-fi fantasy to you, but it's real. We, we've lived this. This is not something that we're just, you know, kind of hey, making up like a you know Stan Lee comic book. Um, this is this is real stuff. I want to go back to fear because this is a big one, and this is something that has affected the world for like the past year. Is the element of fear, and that is a major weapon of the enemy. How does fear cripple our faith? How, you know, how do we? How do you see it crippling our faith? And also, you did a song called "Fear Is a Lie." Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Uh, well, uh, when we wrote "Fear Is a Lie," we wrote it um, in the beginning of the pandemic because fear was just taking over the whole world, and we needed to tell everyone that there is nothing to be to fear. There is, there is nothing to fear. Um, and from my personal experience, I always had fear um, because the fact that I did not grow up with a father, who, that, you know, I did not feel the protection of the father and the provisions. So, so that this made me have a fear that I had to protect myself, I had to provide for myself, and I had to take care of myself. And, and, and actually, it took intensive prayer to take that fear mm -hmm. away and I, i'm still dealing with that a little bit and i know i'm, I'm conscious about it um no no one here is perfect we're all dealing with different things but uh fear is i felt like fear was right here in my chest and maybe a lot of people can identify with this right now fear it, it, it's like a it's almost like a spirit that that comes to your chest and, and it causes anxiety, panic, mm -hmm. uh, paranoia. It, 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 you know, it's hard to breathe, right? So how do you how do you deal with this? Well, number one, there's nothing to be fear about. Um, fear is a lie. Fear is a lie of the enemy. It's one of the biggest strategies of the enemy. Because the Bible says that um, God is our creator. He's our father. He's our protector. And look at the life of David, uh, King Saul, no matter how, he, he had the whole army against King David daily, on a daily basis. He could not kill him. So nothing can hurt you. God is on the throne. He, he, he's in charge. Fear not. So, so, so God is not going to let that happen. So, so um, when you have this, thing in your chest or whatever you feel it. Some people can feel it in the stomach, in the hands. Remember that 
God loves you. He's your creator. Imagine him putting a blanket on you and, and whispering and, um, that he loves you. He's not going to let you fall. He's not, you're not going to fall out of his hands like that. He's just not going to let you fall like that. That does not make sense. That's not, that's not what a father of love, an almighty father will do. And this is something I'm telling myself, you know, and I have to keep telling myself. This is something that I struggle with. And uh, like I said, like we spoke before, we need to keep declaring these things so that the, the brain, the mind, the soul can believe it yeah. and, and the atmosphere can change. And to recognize first that fear does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. And, you know, the word tells us that God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So rest in that. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we need to fear is God himself. Yes. Fear God. The Bible tells us to fear not. This is a really cool band, by the way. Shout out to Fear Not. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. Can't wait to share the stage again with you guys. That is neat. Yeah, oh, especially dance that we know. As you were saying that, Christopher Shelton said, hey, Braden's shirt says fear not, and it's written right above the heart and the chest. I mean, that is that is absolutely prophetic. In a lot of ways, fear is the enemy lying about God and who God is. And that's why it's so important to be in the word and to be in a fellowship with God, to learn who your father is. That way, when those lies come out, it's not so easy to believe. You know, you have to be in the word and you have to be you know, in fellowship, prayer and worship and communion with God to fully understand who your father is. And you can't get that through religious tradition, or religious ceremony. This is that personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. And what I want to do now is people, we've, we, I mean, we've thrown out like, I mean, probably at least 20 theological porterhouse steaks for people to chew on for a minute. I'm going to give them some time to digest. And I want to play your song fears a lot because there's a lot of scripture in there and i want to talk about the the sound that you guys have and how that relates to spiritual warfare as well because there's some viewers and listeners that are not familiar with it and i also wanted to do this too i wanted to hit the theological points before we went to your music because there's this misconception out there that oh you know rock and metal musicians all they do is you know play loud music and you know there's not much substance there but there's so much theological meat to what you guys have been saying today under the anointing of the Lord and people's lives. We've seen it, you know, it's, it's being spoken to in people's lives. So I want to continue to blow down the doors of misconception. And this is warriors of light with fear is a lie. The biggest
Tiffany, I have to agree with her. Um, if God can raise the dead, he can certainly use rock music. Take him out of that box. And I want to say something to that because I was thinking about that as we were listening and watching that video. The only way for us to make it through these dark days is to get out of the box of religion and get into relationship with the Lord. That's it. Religion is not going to save you. Ritual is not going to save you formality is not going to save you. And, you know, that's really what Jesus was showing when he came the first time and totally blew the scribes and the Pharisees out of the water and everybody that was into the religious aspects and everybody was fighting over, you know, ridiculous man-made doctrines that had nothing to do with scripture whatsoever. And I see so much of that today, but it's that relationship. Now, whoa, I mean, I, I got to say, you guys sound so good recorded, but when I heard you on stage back in May, I was like, whoa, this is even better than what sounds recorded. I was like, this is so, this is so awesome. Um, it was just amazing. And the way that the atmosphere was moving at the time that you were on stage at Rockfest, what you did there, I was just like, this is, this is just unreal. I, I, I could sense what was going on. And a lot of times you describe your music as industrial metal. And for those who are new to Raven's Heart and what we're doing here, can you explain why you've been moved to use industrial metal as warfare type music to get your message that God has given you across to people and to affect the heavenlies with what you're doing? Yes. Um, well, we were actually just speaking about this when you played the video. And like you said, um, Glenn, we don't have to be so formal with our dad, with our daddy, with, with, our, with, with our everything, our everything. We don't have to be so formal and just read this prayer and good night. He created us specifically to do so many, so many different things. Like he created John the Baptist to yell Amen. to people. <laughs> so in that sense, we are like the John the Baptist. We, um, we, we we're loud and uh, we are um, in that sense. We just let the Holy Spirit take over completely in our lives. And this is not uh, the way we uh, write music and produce music is not. Um, it doesn't have the, the, am I saying this correctly, mundane or worldly um, desires that most people have. It, 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 it has the desires of God. And in that sense, God created us to be this loud for a reason because there is a rock and metal community out there, brokenhearted, without, without their Savior. And, and they, don't, they, they believe that they're not worth it. And the Savior is such a high potency that they can't get to him. And it's a lie. It's a lie because the Savior is ready right now for you. He's ready right now where you are. No matter what you have done, he will clean all that. And he will He will uh, make you a new creation. So I don't. I try, I try to find different words so I don't sound like a, like a preacher. But 
but in that sense, um, God created this music. God produced uh, Warriors of Light. He is a producer. He wants to get to the to, to the brokenhearted, to the dark places, and bring people that don't know nothing about him with this crazy loud yes. um, sounds disruptive is and, a good word. and solos and and extreme metal vocals. My husband and extreme metal guitars. And and he wants to disrupt what's going on in the world. Because people are some some people are brokenhearted. They think they don't deserve God, but you're children of God. You're your child of God. He's waiting for you. He he just waiting open heart with his arms open. And the other some other people are thinking, well, I don't need him. So we are kind of disrupting this whole thing with this crazy music, like Tiffany's band and um, mm-hmm. Armor of God, the Last Trumpet. Those are bands that are. Uh, disrupting what's out there. We're not playing the typical music, the, the sweet, soft Christian music that is beautiful, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not usually, usually does not get to the brokenhearted, to the atheist, to the, the agnostic, to the and, secular crowd, um, the, the, um, the one with depression, the, the suicidal. Sometimes it just does not get there. And, uh, and God created these songs to get to, to those people in the dark and, and get the message out. For example, we were performing in Austin, Texas, and beautiful stage. Um, we had our videos and Bible verses and battle, and you know, like our videos have tons of battle going on because it's a spiritual battle that we're living in that is so important to for people to understand and know. And, and then the crowd was a really tough crowd, was a party crowd. There was a party going on that they, 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 I think they paid to get into the second floor to go to a party and they were in party mood. And we just walked in and we felt like this were for like, whoa. I honestly, I sometimes I have discernment and uh, I felt like I feel the spirit of atheists. I feel the spirit of witchcraft here. I feel like so many like demons, but we're going to perform. We're going to do what God told us to do. So, so we performed there <laughs> and, and, and people were kind of like in the beginning, they were like, yeah, cool. And then they heard, they saw the Bible verses and they were like, boo. And then, you know what I mean? And we kept Nobody playing and we kept, well, they didn't say boo, but they, you know, you saw them like coming in and out all the time, moving a lot, like the front and the back and then the front and but the back. But then the extreme serpent slayer industrial metal part. And then <laughs> we, were just, ah, we just got louder and louder and louder. And then the Serpent Slayer song is insane. It's extreme metal. It's out of control. I mean, it's louder than Pantera. I mean, it's insane. We start playing that one, the solos, the guitars, and the uh, extreme vocals. A lot of people came to the front and were like, yes! That's what I'm about. Obviously, Jesus. Um, Slaying the serpent. And so we saw God moving, and I got to grab a lady uh, that I felt like she had a spirit of witchcraft. And I was like, God bless you. But there was so much work going on there. But at the end, guess what? God always wins. He, he does. Always has a victory. And we love, just really quick, we always, we've always loved electronic music and heavy metal. So it's like just melding those two together, which we call cross-genre. Yes. And there's a Bible verse that says, 
to praise him with the sound of loud symbols, <laughs> loud symbols. Yes, so, there so, is. So there direct is. all the skeptics to that verse. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany says God wants to meet people right where they are. And there are many places and genres where some will be reached and others will not. And I want to dovetail on that real quick because something I just discovered the other night is when Christ says to go make disciples of all nations you know, in the Great Commission. We automatically think of all nations of like, well, we need to go to Africa, we need to go to Germany, we need to go to, you know, Uganda or whatever country it is that we're going to go to. That's part of it. But really what the word nations means is in Greek means all people groups. And if you take a look at the way that revival has been, has broken out historically, it always starts with people groups different, you know, different groups, people that are connected together. It's not just this random thing that happens. And I really believe that, and this is kind of where we've been going with what we've been doing. Cause when I started this, I kind of knew what I was doing, but you know, as I've gone step by step, God's revealed more and more. I really believe that God is going to bring revival through and in the metal community. I really believe that. Um, we need it. And if ever I've met people that are ripe for harvest, it's, it's just go to a heavy metal concert because I mean, and I'm not saying it's because, Oh, they're, you know, just hard and everything like that. They ha are very receptive to the spiritual and they are some of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. And I love hanging out with them. You know, I, I really, I've felt more comfortable at some metal concerts that I have at most churches that I've been to <laughs> because they're like, Hey man, come on in. You know, it's, it's great. You know, uh, let, let's, let's hang out. And all of those, um, a lot of the prejudices just drop, you know, and, and, it's, and it's really, really neat. And Tiffany agrees, agrees with that. Wow. We've been going, we've going a good long while tonight. Um, this has been, this has been awesome. Hey, and you know, before we close out for those that are not familiar with spiritual warfare, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a war. This whole thing is a war. It's a war that's been going on through the ages and there are battles that are won and then there are battles that are lost. I think that's why, Paul wrote, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If you've ever watched a wrestling match, you know, you got the guy on the top and then you got the guy on the bottom and it goes flip and flop. And then they bring out the folding chair. No, I'm, that's not real wrestling, but flipping back and forth up on, you know, on, on the top, you know, it's, 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 you know, somebody's on top, they go on the bottom uh, and then the victor comes out. It takes a lot of flipping, you know, before the, uh, the victor comes out um, based upon scripture to reassure our viewers and our listeners, um, how does this all end and what guarantees the victory in the end? Well, um, I want to say something before that, that um, in Romans 828, 828, right? It says that um, God does everything for the good of his children. So I, when, I, when we are in warfare, we're also thinking, God, what are you trying? What are you doing here? What is the purpose of you letting this happen? Because this this won't happen if you don't agree with it. You know what I mean? Like nothing is more powerful than God. So what is going on here? So for example, in today's warfare, God was telling me, I need you to rest. I need you to just stay quiet, still, and, and be still with me. I need you to do that. So this warfare is helping you do that, you know what I mean? So 
So in that sense, um, I feel like, can we see what's the purpose? I mean, what, what can, what's good out of the warfare? What do we get out of the wrestling? Um, mm -hmm. Was it Jacob, the one who wrestled with the spirit of God? As somebody correct me. I'm a little bit tired right now, but I believe Jacob was wrestling with the spirit of God. Um, and, and what came out out of that was just an incredible, um, what's God's purpose, what's, um, God's beauty, what's God's majesty. Um, so sometimes, uh, we need to be refined by these warfares and the detour our lives. Because I had warfaring doing ministry. I'm wondering, God, you are detouring the ministry? But the thing is, like, again, we need to um, we need to surrender and tell God, your will, your way, and your time. Yes. Because, because if you're detouring my ministry and, and, and making me rest or making me do something else, God, I don't have your understanding. I'll never have it. You are almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent, and I'm only, I'm only a, a human being. So um, just I surrender, I surrender to you, God. Yes, and I think the eternal victory, it can be summed up in three words. It is finished. Yes, those are, those that's are it. Three, the three last words that Christ said on this earth. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do have to bring up a comment and I, this, this is one of our viewers from the past, Nathan, Nathan Thomas. He's joining us tonight. Hey, do you remember me? Yes, Nathan, I do because I love your profile picture. I have not forgotten the cat. I love that picture of the cat. Nathan, thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> Make sure to check out some more Warriors of Light, Nathan. And hey, Tiffany McGinnis Shelton says amen, amen to everything that you guys have said. Hey, if you guys can just hold on for a moment, I've got a quick, uh, some quick housekeeping things here to talk about. We'll bring you back in and we will close out this awesome evening. And Man, I am, I'm going to pray for protection and covering over everybody that was part of this conversation tonight because when you talk about spiritual warfare and you engage in spiritual warfare, well, you know, when you attack, there's always a counterattack. So, um, Braden and, and Laura, just stand by. I will be right with you. And I just got a couple announcements to make here. Um, first of all, tonight at, uh, uh, actually on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on 88.1 FM in Rome, New York and WVVCUtica.com. Make sure to check out Metal Sharpens Metal with my good friend Rick. Uh, he is going to be spinning some great songs and uh, diving into some deep theological discussion on the air. That's Metal Sharpens Metal on WVVCUtica.com. If you don't live in the New York area, and yes, I had the privilege about a week ago to be up there and co-host Metal Sharpens Metal with Rick. Also, too, we've got a giveaway going on here at Raven's Heart um, and Lithos Cry. There it is. There's the album cover right here. This is from Boiling Point. Uh, this is a new album called Hope Lives Here. And if you remember, we had them on just a few weeks ago to talk about their new album. And these guys are awesome. I love their music. We've got three of these to give away from the prize closet. And if you're interested in winning a Boiling Point CD, please message me either on the YouTube that you're watching, Facebook message, or email me at Lithos Cry. That's L 
Y-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com with your name and your email address. And we'll enter you into the drawing. And over the next three weeks, starting next week, we're going to start drawing winners from the prize closet. Awesome CD right here. Hope Lives Here by Boiling Point. It is good, good stuff. Next week, we'll be back at 7 p.m. Eastern time with a brand new band that I have discovered out of Texas. Their name is Dead Sin. And if you like the sound of Alice in Chains, this is a band that you are going to enjoy. But the thing I like about them is they touch upon theological issues that most pastors don't want to. And they've got some really good insight into the wrath of God and how that is part of his holiness and love for us. So we're going to have some more deep theological discussion on next Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. This has been a double shot Thursday. And Laura and Braden, thank you so much for joining us. I've been blessed totally by your insights. We are blessed. We are honored, Glenn, always to be on. And really quick, we have a news update. As always, we have something in the works. Next week, we will unleash a brand new track and video to the masses. And it's called Apocalypsis 9-6. Speaking oh. of God, Brad, it deals directly with the book of Revelation and the tribulation to come. I feel like we always say this, but it's definitely our most intense production today. <laughs> <laughs> very intense so, so check that a out. warning guys if you have uh, heart issues or something like that uh, take it easy careful so we'll be posting that on our Spotify <laughs> and on our YouTube channel uh, next week look out for that word and God gave me a word right now in 2 Timothy 4.18 God is telling us all right now and the Lord will deliver me from every evil word and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 That, that is so that is so wonderful. So yeah, the word is just it's so sweet. It, it's you know, it it applies. It is just it's living and active. Yeah, it's living and active. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. And I do have to I do have to bring this up because um, you know, you guys are totally Mac the Metal Dog approved here at the studio. That is our studio mascot. Uh, he loves Warriors of Light. Uh oh, something something's coming. And Michelle says amen to to everything there. You know, I do have to oh oh who do we have here? Oh, uh, this is Lana and Charlie. All right, there we go. And we've got a dog show going on here. <laughs> you know, I have to say, guys, if your music gets any more intense, um, I am not going to have a face left because it's going to be totally, <laughs> totally melted off. So, Lauren, Brayden, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And we are looking forward to that new release next week. And to all our viewers and listeners that are out there, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.